Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. If you'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, we're dealing on a theme of upgrades. That means making something better. And we'd like to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And you'll be familiar, many of you, with this verse of Scripture. This was taken from the Sermon on the Mount. And kind of right in the middle, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, He said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We want to look at upgrades from intense to intentional. From intense to intentional. This little brother... He was six, had a little sister. She was two. She used to pull his hair. And of course, it would make him frustrated. He'd go, ah! And his mother would say, it's not intentional, honey. You know, your sister's two. She doesn't know that it hurts when you pull hair. A few minutes later, the little girl screamed. Little brother said, she knows now. (laughs) Jesus said, If we look back a few verses in the Sermon on the Mount. So I'd like to take you to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And we're dealing with having an upgrade from having an intense life. That means just lots of activity and doing this and doing that and just, you know, to an intentional life. It's an upgrade. And maybe all of you have had an intense day or you're going through intense things and And, you know, life can be intense. There you go. It's like this man was asked, he said, uh, he said, I had my first camping experience. And he said, well, how was it, man? It was intense. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis got it. So Jesus said, and life can be that way. Life can be intense, whether you're camping in tents or not. No man, Jesus said, can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And then he said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is simply riches. It's just an old word. You can't serve God and money. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Now this word thought is mentioned five times in the few verses of Scripture. It doesn't mean thinking, it means being anxious. When life gets intense, we can begin to worry about things. And I say we because it can happen to any of us. Not just you people, but the preacher too. So Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, why? Because, why would you want to serve money? Because money solves problems, doesn't it? It does. You know, you can pay this off and pay that off and you can pay to have friends and money can't buy you love, but it can buy you lots of girlfriends. I mean, uh, 
So Jesus said, take no thought. And again, this word is five times. It means be worried. Don't be worried. Say, take no thought. Don't be anxious. Take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, they, for they sow not. That means they don't plant. They have no plan. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, nor have cryptocurrency, nor have 401k, right? They don't have all this stuff. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. And then he said, are ye not much better than they? God does think that humans are better than birds, okay? I know that everyone, some people think that animals and humans are the same. Not so with God, okay? Which of you... By taking thought, that means being worried, can add one cubit to his stature. Now, a cubit is from your elbow to your, uh, the end of your uh, longest finger, and it was a measuring. And it really comes from the forearm, I think, from the Latin. But he said you're not going to grow just by, like, by worrying about it. You're not just going to add. You might lose hair, so you might lose some light. If you comb your hair up, right? But you're not going to grow by worrying about it. It's not going to change. And then he said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, and he might have been pointing down at the grass that they were sitting on, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven. You know how Florida, the grass is green until it's dry and then the grass is yellow, right? After a day or two. How much, it says, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought. Again, don't be worried, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Or how shall this inflation pan out? Or how shall I do this? Or how shall I meet this bill? This is very applicable to us in today's day and age. And he said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And those are the people that are not, uh, that weren't Jews. They would seek after the same things. We all want our bills paid and we all want this to work out. And uh, Jesus said, your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. You know, God doesn't just say don't pay bills or don't live in a house or don't have a car or don't have uh, assets. That's not what God is saying. He said, I know you've got to pay all these things. I know you've got all of these uh, uh, bills that you have to pay and obligations that you have to meet. So Jesus said, but, and he said, instead of being worried about it, having this intense life, he said, let's have an upgrade. He said, but seek ye first or rather the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, preacher, but it, that's what Jesus said. If we have an intentional life, you know that uh, not many people talk to me early in the morning. You can probably narrow it down to one, my wife. Okay, because no one else is there. My daughter's still sleeping. So if someone, if I get up usually at four in the morning and she because my wife likes the news like all of us. she go, honey, do you know that this? And I say, honey, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't, you don't care about the news? I probably read more news than the average person, okay? I'm a news junkie. But first thing in the morning, I don't want to read about the news. You know what I want? 
two things, coffee and my Bible. And say, well, you don't care? No, I don't. I really don't care. What if the word fell apart, or the world fell apart? The world might have fallen apart. But first I want to know what my Heavenly Father thinks. Because you see, heaven hasn't fallen apart. And so my priorities in the morning, I just don't care. I don't want to know it. If someone tells me something, I'll say, honey, like, no more. No, just I don't want to know anything. I just want to read my Bible first. Before that intensity of the world comes in. And, you know, God bless those, those families in Nashville, school shootings and all of this. Brethren, it happens, you say, more happens than you read about. Because the only stuff on the news is what people decide to put on the news. There's all kinds of tragedies going on around the world that we're not even privy to. But brethren, first, I need God's word. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then the fifth thought, right? Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the days the evil thereof. So God is here saying, we need to be intentional. Now that word intentional simply means done in a way that's planned, that's intended. Uh, in, in fact, uh, since it's, it's, it's uh, news in America, there was someone that carried out a school shooting and, uh, and it, was, it was intentional. They had drawn maps out. They, they intended to do harm to people in that school. Well, so too, that's what intentional means. Now, you can use it for bad or you can use it for good, but you know, I'm thankful that as people can premeditate, that just means to, it doesn't mean you think, oh, premeditated murder. That's all we think about, right? Because that's the, the, our language knows that. But look, premeditation means simply you thought about it before you did it. It means, and that's why they have a stricter penalty, right? For premeditated murder, because it was intentional, because you thought about it. But Jesus saying, we're not to premeditate murder, right? We're not even supposed to hate our brother in our heart. But we are supposed to premeditate our life. Our life should be intentional. So the first thing, our life, I'm going to look at three P's. The first P on having an upgrade from intense to intentional is that you realize you have a purpose. Jesus gives us purpose my uh we had a family call last night and i already shared this with uh with one brother but there was a chinese exchange student that was uh at my parents house some years ago and she's attending university she's about to graduate from university in england and she told uh, i believe my mother that she's started attending she's from communist china but she started attending services church services and said something to the effect that my life has meaning now. It has more meaning now. And I was like, wow, isn't that awesome? You know that when God comes into our life, the first things he shows us is, wait, life is more than paying bills. They'll send you bills when you're dead. Salesmen will try to get you. I worked for a company called Ernest Carroll Tile, founded by a guy named Ernest Carroll. And he was an older guy. And uh, uh, he had died just before I was employed there. So I was watching the phones one day and someone said, is Ernest there? And I said, uh, you know, can I help you? He said, well, I want to sell him this bed, you know, some type of bed. And I said, 
uh, I don't think I don't think he would want it. I mean, he was dead. So, and I'm not saying that in a funny way, but this is a salesman, and they're like, "Oh no, he wants this bed." But I, I don't even know if I let the salesman in on the on the the game. That look, he doesn't want anything right now. <laughs> but uh, the bed would not be comfortable, or he would not appreciate it. But uh, we have a purpose that's greater than bills, and that's to serve Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one. In verse 4, according as he hath chosen us. God chose us. God chose you. God chose you, the Bible says, in him before the foundation of the world. Brethren, that gives us meaning. And one, one reason people despair, and I don't know it was in the head of this school shooter, but they, they get so, they, they, they feel that, that nobody loves them, or they feel that they're never going to be fulfilled in life. And it, it causes people to do extremely desperate things, right? When they just live in this intensity and uh, you can call it evil, you can call it different things, but, but uh, I, I, man, it's too late to talk to the shooter now because they, uh, the shooter died in that exchange of gunfire with the police. But if she would have known this, that she was chosen in Christ before the world began. God had an intention for you that was good. The Bible said that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God has a will. I don't know if you know about DNA. It's, all, it's, the, it's the genetic code that's in your body that determines who you are. There's a lot of information in there. So it looks like, it's called the double helix, right? If you remember this in, in biology and it's twisted, it's like a twisted, it looks like a twisted ladder. And there are base pairs that, that make up the rungs. If you picture this long ladder that's kind of twisted and the rungs are called base pairs, right? So there's different, uh, they, they, they have, give them letter designations, right? And there's two of them that make up each rung of the ladder. There are three, about three billion base pairs in a strand of your DNA. That is an incredibly sophisticated program. But you know, if there's a program, then it would imply that there's a programmer. So that's the software. But God is the one that made the program. But not only that, God didn't just make us and set us off, like shoot us off. God wanted him, us, to have their purpose, our purpose found out in Jesus Christ. So this man said, we live in a day where people know more and more about less and less until finally they know everything about nothing. You know, everyone's got this new thing out and this new thing, like, who careth? That's like King James Version, right? Who careth? Yeah, but this thing and that thing and the other thing, hey, those things are great. But I, my purpose is found in Jesus Christ. I have an intentional life. I remember when I prayed and gave my life to Jesus. Do you remember when you prayed and gave your life to Jesus Christ? If you haven't done that, my life just completely changed. I still had the same job. I still had the same body. I still had the same clothes. But God began to change me on the inside. I think I was, was, it was a reverend said years ago, I think he was in a prayer meeting and he had a bunch of pot leaves on his shirt. He had recently gotten saved, but he got saved. You know, God saves us. God will work all that other stuff out. 
Uh, he's, he's a man of God now. You probably never think that. You know, you see a Christian who's been a Christian for a little while, like, oh, they don't know what I'm talking about. They might know more than you think. But God, when he gives us purpose in our life, you realize, wait a second, God gives me some intentions. And, and when you become a Christian, you upgrade. And, and, and it's throughout the Bible. But when Jesus was being, uh, getting ready to be crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. And he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, which means the cross. Nevertheless, not my will. Oh, what's that? Your intention. But thine be done. God had a will. His son had a will. And in the Bible said that he is in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, that they would change their mind and begin to get a purpose. And even it's intentional about giving. I mean, everything in our life becomes an intentional act. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, just to show it, it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, or of necessity, because the person next to you, you see what they're giving, it says... For God loveth a cheerful giver. But that more than just being cheerful, but God loves people who give on purpose. I'm doing that on purpose. I know a, a pastor, he's a friend of mine. He's like, hey, if you don't want to give, don't. <laughs> and the guy was like, really? He's like, right. Do it on purpose. God wants us to give from our heart on purpose. And really, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, the purpose in our life becomes so apparent that we begin to bring everything else in line with the next P, priority. Priority. When we have a purpose, then we have a priority. Jesus said, seek ye what? Primero, right? First. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. We just rolled by some trees, and it's springtime in Florida, and they'd all been cut back. You know why they're doing that? It's springtime. They cut off all these, these uh, they call them like sucker branches or whatever, and they prune these trees. What is it? What is it, the main tree that they blooms around here, that they cut back? They cut it back to almost looks dead. And they cut it all back, and then in a, about a month or so... Pardon? It, it's this huge... It almost says it's got these branches that are a couple inches wide. And I had to do it, too. You, you cut it back till you almost look like you're killing the thing. Now, these are... No, they're not that... I'm not into horticulture. I was just... It might be the crepe, yes, the crepe myrtle. So they cut them back until they look like you killed it. And yet in about a month, it just blooms and blossoms and it's so beautiful. Jesus said, if we bear fruit, God will deal with our heart. You know, you come to God and he's like, God, why are you dealing with me about that? He's like, I'm cutting that thing off because I want to bear a different type of fruit. And this is bleeding off your assets and bleeding off your resources. And so I'm just going to cut that off. You ever feel like God's doing that? He's like, he's messing around in your business because he wants to make you more fruitful. He wants your life to have a priority. And so why it might seem like God's trying to tear you down, God's ultimate purpose is to bless you.
And that's what, that's what he said in John chapter 15 to his disciples. He said, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now here is the priority. Jesus said, abide in me. That's a priority. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. That's where the nourishment comes from. The branch doesn't get it from itself. The branch gets it through that system of that, the tree or the plant that gets it from the ground and all that nourishment comes out. He's saying the Christians, we get our nourishment from Jesus. So if we want to be blessed, we need to do what God wants us to do. And when we do what God wants us to do, the blessings come. And I've shared this before, but I heard this, I think was either read it in a book or heard it on a radio, that, that this preacher or missionary, he was some type of active minister. I forget exactly. And he and his wife were struggling to have a child. And if you think having a child is easy, it can be difficult, right? Some people have a child on their first try, some people in the first 10 years, right? I mean, so it's not... And they couldn't have a child. And so he got mad and he went and prayed. And he said, God, he said, I serve you. You know, you ever told God like how you serve him? Like we were all crucified yesterday or something. I don't think so. Just because I paid my tithe doesn't make me some special saint that should be in Hebrews chapter 11, right? But so he went to God and he's like, God, I served you. And I've laid my life down. We want a child and we can't have one. And he got an answer from God. You know, if you're going to take something to God, at least let God speak back, right? Because God might have something to say. And he said something like, uh, why isn't my wife able to get pregnant? And, you know, something like that. And he said, start treating your wife better. That wasn't what he expected, right? <laughs> he, thought, he thought it was going to be ha, 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 ha. And he did. He changed the way he treated his wife. And she conceived and they had a baby. The priority is to do what God wants us to do. And it might not be what the world thinks. It might not be what you think. And if you want to know what God's matter is on the subject, Jesus said, abide in me. Ask. Ask Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'm having trouble with this. What's my dealio right here? And God's like, well, maybe God's like, um, well, let me talk to you. You know, have you heard about work life? You seen the stickers, surf life, work life, fish life, dog life, cat life, bird life. Well, we have our work life, our weekend life, our workout life. You know, we have our school life, if you're in school, family life. Uh, we can put, the thing is, here's the thing. We can put our life in compartments, right? Because a large part of our day is spent doing different things. So you got, you know, if you're a child or you're in a university, school, that's the bulk of your day. So you're like, well, that's my school life. And then maybe meals, you know, you've got, well, this is my meal time and the prep time and it's meal life or the hour that you have before bed, that's my family life. And we play games or watch TV together or whatever we do. This is my workout life. You know, this is my hour, whatever that I do the workout or five hours if you're you know, ripped five. Man, that's a lot of working out. So it's like leave some for the tomorrow, right? 
Well, then you say, well, what about uh, spiritual life? What compartment does that... See, that's where we get in trouble. That's where we get in trouble. Because our spiritual life should not be compartmentalized. See, that's where you say, well, I got my work life, my meal life, my school life, my, you know, this life, my driving time. But the spiritual life, Jesus didn't say, abide in me for 15 minutes at the end of the day when you're falling asleep. He didn't say that. He said, abide in me. He, uh, the Bible says, praying always. That, that, that Paul was exhorting us to pray and to keep keep abiding in Jesus Christ, that our spiritual life should be part of everything that we do. And you know that if you allow God to, God will guide every part of your day. God will guide what you say to people. God will guide... I've shared it before, but God will tell you to leave certain places. I'm not going to go over the whole thing in my life, but it was the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I was just sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And if you put God first and you seek his kingdom first, brethren, he will guide you. He will guide you every step of the way. And let me tell you, you want to be guided by God. Because if you're in his will, you're also under his plan. And I was sharing this with my wife that uh, I, I drove a GM. Is a preacher a GM? So you don't drive a GM, you drive a Subaru. GM, Grace Miles. And I think it was my last Subaru. I had a, another one uh, in the line of many Subarus, right? Number cuatro. And I had just mentioned that to her and then there was an accident directly in front of us. We were driving down Blanding. I mean, just out of nowhere, two cars just right in front of me crashed into one another and my wife said I looked to the left and I looked to the right trying to you know find that way out so I could just the best thing you can do is use your steering wheel not your brakes okay you just try and there was no way out because I was in traffic and it was right in front of me and so I laid on the brakes and I think I had just gotten new brakes and I had new tires something like that but uh or newer newer brakes and tires but uh Two cars were totaled in front of me, thank God. I don't think anyone really got hurt. And then another car was totaled off to the side, and he said he had just got brand new tires. <laughs> Thousands of dollars for his Audi SUV, and that was totaled. And my car, not one scratch. And I had just talked to my wife. Now, my car wasn't as nice as any of these other cars. But brethren, being in the plan of God, you say, well, you think that was God? <laughs> 10 seconds ahead of there, that would have been me that got a, a T-bone, a car right into me. And I wasn't, these were nice cars, right? I think there were two or three of them, but uh, I might not have fared so well. I think my daughter might have even been, my daughter might have been in the back, okay? God gives us grace when we put him first. And you just don't know when you might need grace. And I thank God for his grace right there. Grace miles. So let's be on the grace plan. The third thing, so we've got his purpose we've got his priority but seek ye first the kingdom of god and then it said and all these things shall be added unto you yes. we're buying a church building and brethren i say this by faith we're buying a church building because it still hasn't worked out yet tomorrow we should get our last permit but um you know that there was an offer before we put an offer in so why did they go with us i asked the real estate man i said he said, we'll, we'll pray, because he's a Christian. And the people selling the building, 
They're Christians. Well, you know what? They called us or texted us, said they've decided to go with you. You say, well, preacher, why? Because you see, I believe that they have an intentional life and God dealt with their heart. The other man, now it's their building. They can sell it to whoever they want to. They can walk away today. But could not God touch their heart? We didn't have the first, we didn't have the first offer, but we had a priority in God. Brother, it makes a difference. The Bible says, and we know in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good to them who have a priority, to them that love God. And that's the priority. So what do you do? I just love God. One preacher said, I have to do two things. I have to love God and have to love people or serve God and help people. That's a simple, intentional life. Whether I'm a businessman or uh, a full-time mom or a student, I've got to love God and love people. That's an intentional life. And I don't have to get messed around on all of the intensity that's going around. The world's always an intense place. But if I can just get to where I touch God and, and allow God to touch my heart, say, God, my purpose in this world is to love you and to love my neighbor. And you know what the Bible says? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his what? His purpose, his intention. You see, God's going to bring us through. God has an intention. And who's going to stop us? If God opens the door, who's going to shut it? He said, no man. He said, if God be for us, Paul said this. Who? Who's going to be against us? Here's the key. I just need to make sure that I seek first the kingdom of God. And the Bible said, and his righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not my own. And all these things, whether it's a business deal, whether it's some medical thing or physical thing. And brethren, we all got them and you'll get more of them when you get old. Let me tell you. Free preview, right? But you know what? God is faithful. God is faithful to upgrade our life from intense to intentional. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to close with this. I'm one minute over. So... Has anyone heard of Megan Kwan, Q-U-A-N-N? You have, because you drove by the sign, right? From Puyallup, where you used to live. 3.30 a.m. Gets, wakes up, gets dressed, makes lunch, packs school supplies. 5 a.m. to 6.20 a.m. Car pools 20 miles from Puyallup to Eatonville pool for morning workout. 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Attends Ballow Junior High School. So this is uh, a 7th and 8th and 9th, you know. 2.30 p.m. Returns home for one hour of schoolwork. 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. Works out with weights at local Bally's Athletic Club. 6 to 8 p.m. Carpools again for second pool workout of the day. This time at King County Aquatic Center in Federal Way. It's quite a drive from Puyallup. 9 p.m. Returns home for dinner and sleep. You notice that was a junior high student, right? 3.30? Goes to bed at 9? Preacher, all the good programs are on. Don't they know? They gotta, I, gotta, I gotta do this. So why would this person live this way? She lived an intentional life. And at 16 years old, two gold medals in the Sydney Olympics. At 16 years old. That schedule just showed she had an intentional life. And guess what? 
She had results. If we have an intentional life, brethren, spiritually, I'm not going to the Olympics, but I want my spiritual results from an intentional life. All these things, you're going to get results when you put God first. It's absolutely guaranteed in the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, let us upgrade. Let us upgrade from intense to intentional and leave the results to our Heavenly Father and claim them, God, by your word in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you.